Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is the second lesson found in Paul's letter to Philemon. Paul writes to Philemon, I am sending him, Onesimus, who is my very heart, back to you. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of him who set us free, free from sin, free from the fear of death, free from the power of the devil, free from hell itself, to now take up our cross and follow him. Dear friends, after the founding of our country in 1776, the practice of enslaving fellow human beings was legal in many states for almost 90 years. I remember as a, as a teenager watching the miniseries Roots and then in high school in, in American history class learning more about the practice of slavery in our country and being absolutely horrified at how human beings could be considered property treated no better than, in many cases, and in some cases far worse than animals. But then on January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed into law the Emancipation Proclamation, which made the practice of slavery in the United States illegal. Of course, that didn't have much effect on those slaves in Confederate states until April 12th, 1865, when the Confederate States surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia, and then instantly and suddenly and completely, the status of over 30 million slaves in our nation was completely changed. They weren't property anymore, they were people. They were no longer enslaved, they were free. 2,000 years ago, the practice of slavery was also legal and far more prevalent in the Roman Empire. It's been estimated that between one-half and up to two-thirds of the entire population of the Roman Empire were slaves. In some ways, slavery in the Roman Empire was no different than it was in our nation in its early years. People were treated as property. Many cases, although not all cases, were incredibly abused. But there were some differences between slavery at the time of the Apostle Paul and slavery in our country a couple hundred years ago. In our nation, people were slaves because of basically their race, where they came from or where their ancestors came from. Not the case in Rome. Not the case in the Roman Empire. People weren't slaves because of their race. Slaves came from virtually every single race. People were slaves because, in some cases, they were soldiers, enemy soldiers who had been captured in war and now enslaved. In some cases, they were sold into slavery by their fellow countrymen, sometimes even their own family, for money. And in other cases, people actually became slaves because they, of their own accord, sold themselves into slavery 
to pay off debts. In the words of our second lesson this morning, a letter that St. Paul wrote to a man by the name of Philemon, we hear about one of those slaves in the days of the Roman Empire, a slave by the name of Onesimus. Onesimus, like all those other millions of slaves in the days of the Roman Empire, had, had no hope, no future he ran away from all of that, and he still had little hope in a future as a runaway slave. But his life was completely transformed, changed. Onesimus wasn't the only slave to ever have his life completely transformed like that. You and I, we were once slaves. Slaves not held with iron chains, but slaves because of sin, slaves to the devil, slaves to hell. But like Onesimus, we've been freed and our lives have been completely changed. Like Onesimus, we've gone from slaves to sons and daughters of the King, of our Lord and Savior. We don't know a whole lot about this, this slave named Onesimus other than what we read in, the, in this brief letter, one chapter long, that St. Paul wrote to the man by the name of Philemon. Here's what we know about Onesimus. Onesimus was indeed a slave. He was owned by a Christian, the man that Paul was writing the letter to, Philemon. Onesimus with Philemon lived in the city of Colossae, and Onesimus ran away. He up and ran away. We're not sure if he had help. We don't know how he did it, but he did it. He ran away. And he made his way somehow over a thousand miles on foot, undoubtedly, to the city of Rome. And there he met Paul. Paul was in the city of Rome, not as a tourist, nor was he in Rome on a missionary journey. He was there as a prisoner. Two years earlier, Paul had been arrested in Jerusalem for the crime of proclaiming the gospel. And he, for two years, had bounced around as a prisoner from one jurisdiction to another until finally he appealed his case all the way to Caesar. And so he was sent to Rome. And there he was awaiting trial as a prisoner. This wasn't the last time Paul would find himself a prisoner in that city, but unlike the second time. This first imprisonment, Paul wasn't held in a, in a dungeon or a jail cell. He was able to live in a rented home under conditions we would call house arrest. In order to make sure he didn't escape, he was held by a chain to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. But he did have some freedom there. Somehow Onesimus found him. We have to speculate here only, but, but I would imagine Onesimus went to Rome thinking he could easily blend in in that city, not be captured because that city was so huge, hundreds of thousands of, of residents of Rome. What's one more slave? Now, how did he hook up with Paul? Well, undoubtedly he knew Paul, or at least knew about Paul, 
because his master, his owner, Philemon, knew Paul very well. Paul was a frequent guest in that house. Now, it's very unlikely that Onesimus was a Christian before he ran away. But he did seek out Paul, undoubtedly. It certainly could not have been a coincidence that he happened to find Paul. And Paul took him in. He gave refuge to this runaway slave. He gave him lodging. He gave him food. But he gave him something so much greater than that. He gave Onesimus the, 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 the most precious, valuable thing Paul had, the one thing that Onesimus really needed, and that's the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. And there, talking to you know, a runaway slave, talking to a prisoner chained to a Roman guard, he learned the most transformational truth he could ever learn. He heard about God's grace. He heard about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who trans made an amazing transformation himself, leaving his throne of glory in heaven, becoming one of us, taking our sins, his sins, Onesimus, the lowly slave on himself, exchanging his throne of glory for a cross of wood, bearing the sins of the world and dying for them, and now making peace with God. Imagine the transformation that happened in the life of that runaway slave. He went from somebody with no status, no hope, no future. Believe me, the life of even a runaway slave would not have been easy. For slaves who ran away could be punished severely. But now, he knew he was not a runaway slave, not somebody useless with no hope and no future, but a son of of God himself, bought by the blood of Jesus, freed from all of his sins and fear and hell itself. Not a slave anymore, but a brother, a dearly loved brother in Christ. He wasn't the only one that, know, that, that came to know that transformational truth of the gospel. You and I also were slaves. We were, even if you didn't realize it, kind of like some of the slaves in the days of the Roman Empire, in a sense we could say we were sold into slavery by our own family, our own parents. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they sinned against their Creator, enslaved all of their human descendants. In another sense we could say we sold ourselves into slavery because, let's face it, <laughs> We willingly and frequently defy our Creator and sin ourselves. And Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. But like Onesimus, we've been freed. The shackles of our sin have been completely broken. We've been bought back from this slavery at the price of the blood of Jesus Christ, the Holy Son of God. And we're free. We're free. Our conscience has been freed. No fear a future lays before us, a future in heaven. No longer slaves, but sons and daughters of the king. I can only imagine how Onesimus' life completely transformed, how, how, how much he must have thought about that, 
reflected on it, rejoiced in that, how changed he was. I wonder, though, how often do we think about that? Maybe if you're like me and don't remember a time when you didn't believe. Maybe if you were blessed like me and born into a Christian family, baptized into the family of Christ as an infant, you don't remember ever not being free. But the fact is, we weren't born free. We were born slaves. Let's think about that. Reflect on that truth. Remember the horrible not life, a horrible death that awaits those who are slaves to sin. And remember, you're free now. Free at the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. Free because you're his son or daughter. If the story about Onesimus, the runaway slave, was a, a movie made in Hollywood, I imagine it would end with Onesimus Walking away, probably into the sunset, a free man ready to start his new life living anywhere but Colossae. But this is the Bible and not a movie. And that's not how it ended. In what has got to be one of the most startling and, and some would say shocking verses of the New Testament, we read this about that runaway slave Onesimus. Paul said, I am sending him back to you. Let that sink in a little bit. Here's a runaway slave facing what runaway slaves would, would receive when they're captured. Lashing, branding. If he had run away more than once, execution. And Paul says, I'm sending him back, back to his owner. Wow. Want to know something even more shocking? Onesimus went back. Not because he was forced and shackled. He went back willingly. Went back to an uncertain future with the person who had enslaved him, with the man who owned him, that he had run away from in the first place. And, and keep this in mind also, when, when St. Paul wrote to Philemon, hey, if he owes you anything, I'll pay it back, implying he likely stole, you know, he didn't just run away, he took whatever he could get his hands on from Philemon before he ran away. So, why in the world would he do that? Somebody who, who, who had risked his life to gain his freedom, why would he go right back? Here's why. Because he was now a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in our gospel that if we're going to follow him, we need to be ready to take up our cross. We need to be ready to, to, to take up what sometimes is difficult, things that we wouldn't normally do, or, or set aside things that we formerly loved in some cases. And for, for Onesimus, that meant facing facts. That meant going back to the man he had run away from, the man he had stolen from, regardless of what that would cost. 
He did that because he wasn't a slave anymore, not a slave to sin. He was free in Christ. And because of that, he gladly picked up his cross and went back that thousand plus miles all the way back to Colossae to come face to face with his owner. Wow. But Onesimus wasn't the only one that was transformed, the only one set free. So was his owner, Philemon. Philemon also was a slave like Onesimus and like you and me, a slave to sin, a slave to death. But he had been set free by the gospel that St. Paul had shared with him. His status was changed and so was his attitude. As a Roman citizen and a slave owner, an owner of a runaway slave, he had every right under Roman law to have his runaway slave punished. But here's what Paul said to him. Don't treat him like a piece of property. Accept him as a brother, a dearly loved brother in Christ, no longer a slave. It's probably hard for us to relate to that, but that must, what Paul was asking of Philemon was probably almost as difficult as what he asked of Onesimus. To accept a runaway slave back, not as a slave anymore, but as a dear brother? To, to give up his rights as a Roman citizen? But Paul said, I'm confident you will do this and even more because Philemon like Onesimus, had been set free. Free now to take up his cross. Free to, to not demand his rights, but to do what was right. And so have we. We too have been transformed, not just our status, but our attitude. It's incredible when you think about it. That, that we, who once had been slaves to sin, and a slave to sin is the most self-centered person there can be. A slave to sin is somebody who thinks only of themselves and demands what's right for them. But we have been set free. We're not slaves anymore. The shackles of sin have been completely destroyed by Jesus Christ. And when he called us to gospel, through the gospel, we have now become free indeed. But here's the ironic part. A slave to sin is self-centered and wants only what's best for him. One who has been set free now says, I'm willing to take up my cross and serve others and not demand what's best for me. But serve the one who set me free and serve other people. Onesimus was ready to do that. And Christ calls on us to do that every day. Every day. We're not as free sons and daughters of the king. We're not here to serve ourselves and demand our own rights and what's best for us. We're here to serve him who set us free and to serve each other. Sometimes that means doing things and saying things that we would not normally want to do. Sometimes that means not doing things that we normally would want to do, but things that now as followers of Christ we recognize as not right. 
We're free to serve. Reflect on your changed status. Rejoice in that every single day. Know you are free in Christ. And be ready to take up a cross. Be ready to serve and, and do things that you wouldn't normally do and, and, and let go of things you maybe in the past wanted to hold on to. But remember this. Whatever we lose as followers of Christ, we more than gain through him. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.